Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Tuesday, May the 3rd, 2022, and y'all decided to wake y'all asses up Ray G. And we appreciate you being here for this show, waking up in the morning, tapping in with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to our partners, Prize Picks. Appreciate y'all. Go to Wake Up. Go to go to Prize Picks. Uh, put in Wake Up for a, a deposit matchup to $100, dollar for dollar. Make sure you do that. It's happening the NBA playoff stuff that we're doing. Jay is working with some stuff with Major League Baseball. We prop bet. We love it, love it, love it, love it. So tap in to Prize Picks. Use the promo code Wake Up to get you some free money. Uh, hear the comments going off, but I got to bring my man Jay Rich in the building. Jay, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, I told you I meant to get up. I was going to grind mm. the model. I was going to mm. run the plays. And I slept mm. in. So still waking up with the people. It's funny, man. When you said, you know, wake up at Prize Picks, go to wake up. I'm like, well, when you wake <laughs> up, then you go to Prize Picks. And yeah. then you can use promo code wake up, get your 100% deposit match up to $100 yeah. and play some games with us. But we got some stuff to get to today, man. We're talking all the wide receivers today. Mm -hmm. We got some super chats to get to from yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, but I want to start with the piece of news that dropped yesterday. I don't know if you want to say good okay. morning to the people first. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say good morning. I got I didn't do it yesterday. We just jumped right into it. But Mike A in the building, Johnny Lillycrap in the building, Marlon Dynasty, Barry Austin, James, what's up, baby? L Wood, David G, Shane Joe in the building, KBD in the building, Jay Peters in the building, Mike A. I already said Mike A. Jeffrey Smith, Roe in the building, Matt Bruning, Patrick Price, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing this morning? Okay. So, Ray, two pieces of news because I was mm -hmm. reminded of one in the chat just briefly. First mm -hmm. is Justin Ross going to the Chiefs. Are we interested at all? You know, no. the talent is there. We talked no. about the tape. Not no. interested. Didn't think no. so. Um, but but I want him to do well. Um, yes. Excited for his opportunity. Want him to do well. But no, no, not yeah. interested Not a better all. situation really in the NFL as far as I'm concerned and, and wide open spots. But the bigger issue is DeAndre Hopkins is now suspended for the first six games mm -hmm. of the NFL season. PED suspension. We've seen this before, mostly in other sports, not so much in football. But where are you at with DeAndre Hopkins? It's funny because I talked about him potentially being on the hot seat. They trade for Hollywood Brown. Is it potentially they knew this suspension was coming and hence they trade to go get Hollywood Brown? Maybe, right? Because if they only have a rookie receiver and they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, their situation is a lot worse than it looks today. So maybe that was a preemptive trade knowing the suspension was coming down. But where are you at with the Cardinals knowing that they might not have DeAndre Hopkins for six games? I mean, Will, first Will Fuller, now DeAndre Hopkins. Those Houston boys, man. There's uh, there's something cooking over there. But yeah, I, it, I'm not concerned with I think it's just an old age thing. You see it I, all the time in a lot of sports. I, I think they knew. I mean, I don't. I, I do not believe this just came out of nowhere, and they just found this out. What yesterday is when the news dropped. I'm pretty sure they knew, or they had a good idea. Something was coming down the pipeline, um, and they made assurances for that. Right, DeAndre Hopkins going into the season is going to be 30 years old. Turns 30 on June 6th. He's going to miss six games unless there's some appeal um, to a suspension. But I think I think the Cardinals knew. And they they made you know plans in order to to rectify that right or to to put a band aid on that wound because at 23 where they were selecting um, you know six wide receivers were off of the board at that point in time and I don't believe that any of the wide receivers that were left were definitively better than Hollywood Brown you pair Hollywood with his old college quarterback it made a lot of sense and now. Um, it's more opportunity for for Hollywood Brown. There's opportunity there for I know they brought AJ Green back on a one year deal. Rondell Moore is there. Uh, you know James Conner probably wheels up for James Conner once again. I think he's going to get as much work as he can it can absolutely handle. Uh, this is that I think they knew it was coming. And as far as DeAndre Hopkins, um, I don't know, man. It's funny because I I, I don't want to use 
this comparison to two different sports, but Jay, we're watching the NBA playoffs, man, and I'm watching James Harden, right? And yeah. it seems like his decline is just right in front of us. Like you just see what Harden used to be is he's just not that anymore, right? Like the decline is right there. And I'm I'm looking across the NFL landscape and wondering what what NFL players are next. Like is the are we watching sort of DeAndre Hopkins? I don't want to say his decline because he was hurt last year, he's suspended, but man, a lot of these guys are going to get phased out pretty soon, man. 30-year-old Nuke um, you know, there's some other cats that we'll end up talking about, especially when we dive into these wide receivers. Uh, but I, I'm just, I'm wondering, man, I don't know what his contract situation is like, but not good for DeAndre Hopkins. This isn't good for Kyler Murray. Um, it's definitely a boost up for Hollywood Brown and, and, and Rondell and Zach Ertz and maybe even Trey McBride to get on the field a little bit earlier as a rookie. But uh, just unfortunate news for those people who manage or roster DeAndre Hopkins and those people who have Kyler Murray, just unfortunate news, right? Yeah, I mean, you see this a lot with athletes, and I think it just depends on how he looks overall. Because when you really think about it in sports, the actual penalty for a PED suspension is much less severe than what it could mean for your career, right? We've seen a lot of baseball players in particular, they will take PEDs for a year, they'll have a massive year, they'll get a big contract extension, and then they'll be suspended for 80 games the next season. So if DeAndre Hopkins really does like feel better, has a PED suspension, you know, and, and gets healthy and rest and takes all that time, he may come back better than he's looked for the past two seasons, right? He's been a little bit banged up. So I think it just depends on how he looks overall. I'm not projecting that, but I've seen it before, so I wouldn't be entirely surprised if maybe this was a catalyst for future success and maybe even a contract extension for him down the line. But I'm with you. I don't love it. A it contract a extension for, for who? Nuke. You never know, man. You, you've, I've seen crazy things happen before. Players that don't deserve extensions, they have. It only takes one good season, man. It only takes one good season. Teams are like, "Yep, we'll give it to you." It happens all the time. Jay, time. I, I legitimately have no clue what you're. I'm, I'm not even joking, man. Are you saying the fact that he got busted for PEDs is going to lead him to getting a contract extension? No, 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 no. I'm saying like, there's been players across a lot of sports, right, uh-huh. who have taken PEDs, knowing that they will get suspended, but it creates, it makes them. <laughs> a better player and so because of that they get extended and they make more i'm, t- I'm telling you bro go look at d gordon d gordon is the perfect example of a player who took peds they gamble with it they play really well and all of a sudden they get a big contract extension the next year there's just it happens all the time i'm not saying it's gonna happen here but it happens all the time it's crazy man it's crazy teams don't care they just want to see those players perform and that's it i'm telling you man it's crazy but it happens <laughs> You can laugh. You can laugh. Get to the super chats, man. Get to the super chats. I mean, good lord, man. Basically, you're just saying, fucking take the six game suspension, come back bigger, stronger, faster, ball out for the second half. I'm telling you, and then I I get, I I understand, I get it. I just do it. It was just I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know you were going there this morning. But all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I didn't knock it. I didn't say I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page of your advocacy of performance enhancing drugs uh, for older worth players it. in order to revive. Their, there you go. Jay Rich said uh, definitely worth it. Um, somebody said put the cush down. Jay Rich. So we had uh, three super chat questions that we missed yesterday. We'll get to them at the end of the show. We'll get we'll get <laughs> Marcus said he no, is knocking get the, it. Get to the ones t- from yesterday. Right. OK. Now. We'll all just, right. All right. Them. All right. Jeez Louise. This guy. All right, super chat questions. We got three of them from yesterday that we have to get to. All right, so uh, one one and one three and a one QB full PPR. Dobbins and ETN are my running backs. Wide receivers are Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis, and Amon Ra. Hall is one. Would you go Walker at three if he's there, or would you take the remain uh, the remains from London or Burks uh, at one three? Yeah, I would just go. Uh, one QB, I would take, I have London ranked higher. So if London is there, I would take Drake London over Walker. If London is gone, I would take Walker over Traylon Burks. That's what I would do. Is that what you would do? Yep. Everybody says you are on another level today on this, on this fine Tuesday. All right. What? Oh gosh. Antonio Gibson. Here we go. The money changed him. Jay Rich, they're saying the money changed you. After you won the most accurate drafter, you just... All about that money and different. take performance-enhancing drugs to get it. All right, Antonio Gibson, Joe, cover your ears. What what pick would you this year would you be willing to pay for Gibson? We talked about this yesterday. We said the 102, right? Like, you're fine. You'd rather have Gibson over 
uh, Kenneth Walker. That's what we talked about yesterday. Over Kenneth G- Walker, yeah. Gibson I think over I would Kenneth take Walker. Drake London though okay. over Antonio Gibson. You so would I take think London over Gibson. One hundred three, one hundred three for sure. I I would prefer Gibson to Walker as well. Like we had a big long discussion yeah. in the Discord about that yesterday. Um, the only running back in this class that I would prefer over Antonio Gibson. I mean, it should be clear is Brees Hall, but other than that, I, I would take Gibson over Kenneth Walker over any other running back. I'd probably take I'd probably take London over Gibson as well at this point, man. I'd probably take London over Gibson. All right, win now team traded the 104 in a mid-2023 first, 2024 second, and Ayuk for Jamar Chase to pair with A.J. Brown as my wide receiver one. How are we feeling about this? So win now team, mid-first, 104 in a 24 second, and Ayuk for Jamar Chase. What do you think? It's a lot to get Chase, but... I, I get it. I think it's fine. Um, I don't think you're going to lose the trade. Jamar uh, yeah, Chase is like, going to be I good, like but it's, it, is, it is a little bit more than I would want to pay up because I think that IU could have a pretty big year. You know, I do, I do think that there's still a chance that Debo is gone after, like at some point in this offseason. So I think that would mean a lot of good things for IU. So I think it's a fine trade, though, if, you, if that's the trade you want to make. to eh, I don't think it's in. that much, actually. A mid-23 first, a second IU in the 104, which would be Garrett Wilson for... For yeah, Jamar Chase, receiver, right? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that's actually, I, I would take that. I think that's a good trade. Actually, give me Jamar Chase over Wilson, the mid first, a second, and Ayuk. Yeah, I like that. We Gucci, baby. We Gucci, Ty. Good shit. Good Gucci. shit. All right, we got another super chat. We'll get to that at the end of the show. I already got it favorited, so we can get back to it. But Jay, we got to talk some wide receivers. So. Uh, while we dove into the running backs a little bit yesterday and Mike Davis was released, so Tyler Algier stock up for him um, in, in the running back pecking order in Atlanta, we did not talk about any of the wide receivers. And um, this is where we saw just a frenzy of guys go from I mean, round one and round two just littered with wide receivers, right? And a lot of guys that we talked about throughout the pre-draft process, and we're really trying to figure out how to value these guys. So just a quick rundown of the order in which they went off the board. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, J-Mo, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Wandell Robinson, John Mechie, Tyquan Thornton, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore were all first or second round picks at wide receiver. Uh, Jay, my question to you is... Um, like, what did this? What does this tell you? What does this mean? What does this mean? Like these these round one, wide two, round two wide receivers versus like primarily round three, round four, round five running backs. And I think the big debate that we're seeing right now, as far as uh, rookie drafts, is how high do you take the receivers in relation to? I don't really say the running backs, but in relation to Kenneth Walker, I think that's where the debate is. You're seeing most of the discussion and dissension like at 102. Do you go Walker Mm -hmm. at 102 or do you take your favorite wide receiver at the 102 spot? I lean towards the wide receiver. Like there's one guy that I would take over Kenneth Walker right now, and that's how I have it ranked. That would be Drake London. Um, I I love, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I love the landing spot for him. I, I do. And it's not, Here's here's what's funny, man. We uh there were multiple mocks that came out yesterday, and then Mel Kiper uh, said that they set the over under for quarterbacks drafted in the first round of next year's draft class at six and a half with the over, like saying we would take the over on six and a half quarterbacks drafted in round one. And here's my so I tweeted this out yesterday, Jay, and uh. There was somebody who vehemently disagreed with me and said you should trust your process and take the quarterbacks early. Doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter that the NFL drafted them in round three. You still take the quarterbacks in round one of Superflex. These are real people are, are advising this. But if seven quarterbacks go in round one, let me let me tell you something. The the whatever leeway or runway you think Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, or Malik Willis have, they don't got it, right? They don't. Yep. And Atlanta's probably going to be bad. They're probably going to be bad this year. Uh, that probably isn't even. They're going to be bad. Carolina probably going to be bad. They're not. They're not tethered to these cats that they drafted in the third round. And if they're going to be seven quarterbacks potentially taken in round one, at least this is early. We got three hundred and sixty days until the next yeah. draft. But if that's what it's trending towards, uh, they will be replaced, and they will draft C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Devin Leary 
or Phil Jerkovich or Tyler Van Dyke all in round one. Like those guys, these teams are not going to be like, man, we spent a third on Ritter. We got to see what we have. Shit, they're they're paying him what? $4 million, something cheap, some cheap contract like that. They'll just replace these guys. So I think the short-sighted viewpoint that I'm seeing a lot of people talk about is, I don't really like Mariota with Drake London. Mariota's not going to be the long-term answer. Like he's just not. We know that, right? Oh, I don't like uh, I don't like Sam Darnold, right? I don't like I don't like this player with 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 uh, this receiver. I don't like Ryan Tannehill with Traylon Burks. I don't. There's no guarantee. That I I would I would say that there's a a high probability that those aren't the quarterbacks of the future. And when you've got a receiver that that's walking into a situation where uh, the best wide receiver is Auden Tate, Alameda Zacchaeus. London should be walking into 125 targets this season, and I don't care what they look like. Uh, just throw him the ball. Get it in his zip code, and he's pulling that down. And this regime didn't draft Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley barely played last season. He's sitting out this entire season. How old will Ridley be when he comes back? 28? 27 or 28, yeah. 27 or 28 years old from uh, on a team that he hasn't really been around for the past year and a half. I don't care if Calvin Ridley walks back into Atlanta after this season. If London does what he should do, he's the one in that offense. Like, he is the number one wide receiver, and Calvin Ridley comes back to compliment him if they keep him and don't trade him. And then the 1A, well, the 1A and 1B will be Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So, I don't really care. I I think it is a great spot for immediate opportunity. I think it's a great spot for long-term potential. What happens if Atlanta sucks just enough to land a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. I mean, it's wheels up. It yep. is it is wheels up at that point in time. So short-sighted view, I don't like Mariota, therefore I don't want Drake London. Those individuals are playing tic-tac-toe. Uh, the smart move, and I don't even think it's that, it requires that much foresight to look ahead, is I'm not worried about year one. He's 20 years old. He's drafted number eight overall. He's going to be the alpha in that offense. Like it's it. it I won't even say that's chess. It, it, it should be it. It should be checkers at at most to look ahead and have the foresight to see that. What are your What are your thoughts? Who's your top ranked wide receiver after looking at all of this? For most people, it was between Traylon, Garrett, London, JMO. Where are you at? So for me, it is Drake London um, for basically all the reasons you outlined, right? We talked about it on the draft stream, how I just think he has the best opportunity to get an opportunity with so little competition. Um, I'm actually old enough, Ray. I know I know you think I'm a young buck, but I'm old enough to remember when Marcus Mariota was another stud wide receivers quarterback for about eight games. And then Ryan Tannehill came in and all of a sudden AJ Brown lit the world on fire. So for me, right, I think it just comes down to is you want a guy who's going to get a chance to have a ton of opportunity early. And for me, that's Drake London. Now, circling back to your original question, where you're talking about Kenneth Walker, right, and how do we view him overall? I think I would take him ahead of, you know, Jahan Dawson, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, because I think there is a chance that he could be the guy there. And, And I'm curious how those targets will ultimately shake out on those offenses. I don't think they will be as fruitful as what I can project more confidently for Garrett, or sorry, for Drake London. So that's why for me, it would go in some order of Brees Hall, Drake London, and then Kenneth Walker. But even still, like you said, I'm fine if you want to pass on Garrett, on the running back and Kenneth Walker to take one of these wide receivers that you believe more in. And it does come down to the draft capital a little bit, right? Like we just saw all these wide receivers go in the first round. And in a lot of ways for me, it signifies what offenses are really doing now. They're passing the ball more and more every single year, and wide receiver contracts are becoming more and more expensive, and that's forcing these teams to draft these guys high. But you can't just draft a guy high because you need him at some point. You need to actually play that guy. And so that's why all these first-round wide receivers, I think, are going to be walking into great opportunities. Just for me, Drake London has by far the best situation, regardless of quarterback play. I think he's going to be a great fit in that scheme, and I think he's going to be a great option for that offense. So I'm not sure what wide receiver you want to get to next. I well, know said, you're a big fan of Traylon Burks, but I want to said, know what you think his outlook is. What they said you uh, the cush is worn off, and you're finally making some sense on the show. And I just like this comparison: London and Pitts equals Tim Duncan and David Robinson, just Ooh, the twin, reliable. the twin, the twin towers. Okay, you said what do I think about Traylon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. I have him ranked two. Uh, per my film grade, he was my wide receiver two. And Tennessee, when you move on from A.J. Brown and replace him with the next A.J. Brown, it makes a ton of sense to me. Is he 
as refined as a Jahan Dotson, as a Garrett Wilson? No, but uh, they're not going to have a choice but to throw it to him, right? This is a playoff caliber team. I'm not going to go so far to say Super Bowl caliber team, even though they've been they've they've been in a position, right? They've been in a position. Defense is really good uh, when you have Derrick Henry, but he's not going to have a choice. It's going to be like sink or swim with Traylon Burks. Like they don't, you don't trade yeah. away AJ Brown and be like, oh, we'll ease we'll ease Traylon into the offense. No, he will be on the field in two wide receiver sets from day one. Him and Robert Woods, you know, pending the recovery of his ACL tear. I mean, Traylon Burks is going to get all the work he can handle. I'm going to anticipate a lot of go routes, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of hitch routes. And that's what Traylon Burks did a lot at Arkansas. And I think he's going to have an opportunity to produce early. I'm excited for his prospectus and his potential. You know, we talked about Tennessee being a great landing spot with A.J. Brown. And now without A.J. Brown, there are just so many targets to go around. Like, they, they, they're they going to have to get it to him, man. Um, I like the spot. I like the fit. I like his opportunity, and that's what we're chasing. I'm chasing the opportunity. We're the guys that are going to have an opportunity to get on the field. I love it for Traylon Burks, man. I'm, I'm happy and excited about this situation. Um, Garrett Wilson in New York. We've kind of prepped for this all along. Yeah. We, we had been prepping for it. We talked about we think that's where he's going to go, and he did. He was their 10th overall pick. So you put Garrett Wilson in an offense with Brees Hall now, with Elijah Moore, with Corey yep. Davis. They brought in two tight ends, Conklin and uh, C.J. Uzama from Cincinnati. Michael Carter still in the backfield as a compliment to Brees Hall. Zach Wilson has no excuses this year. He's got weapons across the board. And you can't say yep. this. I- I'm trying to go back to Sam Darnold when he was at the Jets and think who his <laughs> best pass-catching weapon was. I don't even remember who it was. I, have, I legitimately have no clue. But Wilson has everything at his disposal this year. I ask the question now because it's not a hypothetical. Who's the one in that offense? Is it Elijah Moore or is it Garrett Wilson? I think they kind of split. I think it's a slow transition, right? I don't think it's going to be Garrett Wilson out the gate. And that's just because like when you have a player who comes out with a quarterback, there's a lot of rapport there. There's a lot of studying. There's a lot of routes being run. And we saw the chemistry on the field between Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore kind of at the end of the season. So for me, I think, you know, Garrett Wilson could be a favorite target early, but I think in a lot of ways, you know, Elijah Moore will probably be the guy, especially because I expect him to run more intermediate, more shorter routes that are going to be more easier for Zach Wilson to ultimately get him the ball, where if, you know, we have Garrett Wilson running these deeper routes, it may be a little bit more difficult, needs more time, more development, more refinement overall. But I think that throughout the year, we'll see that transition, right? Early on with Jamar Chase, he was the guy, but he also kind of wasn't quite the guy yet. And at the end of the year, you knew he's the guy. And heading into this year, he is going to be the alpha. He's probably going to see significantly more targets than T. Higgins, even though T. Higgins is supremely talented himself. I think we'll see kind of like a co-alpha this year. And I think by next year, we will see Garrett Wilson fully go in New York to be the guy, probably 140 targets or so. I'm curious, though, what you think about their upsides for this season because i i talked about a lot how i think this is kind of a best case scenario for elijah moore based on the way garrett wilson plays i think that if a drake london went there or traylon burks went there they would have commanded a larger target share than garrett wilson but where are you at with these two guys and how you think they'll operate from a target perspective and and your opinion on who you think the alpha is going to be overall i honestly man i'm not even trying to cop out i have no clue I honestly have no clue because it seemed like Zach Wilson built a good rapport with Elijah Moore in the games that they played yeah. last year together. But again, the entire offseason, the Jets have been signaling that they need another wide receiver, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not I'm not saying that in, in, in like as a negative. I'm just it, it's hard for me to envision a world in which, you know, they had the 10th overall pick. They spend it on a talented wide receiver like Garrett Wilson. Again, some people said he was clear-cut, the best wide receiver in this class. And then those that team not, you know, force-feed him the ball. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And what is the 1A and 1B worth if they're both kind of like, if if one of them doesn't separate from the other, right, and just take over as the guy, is Zach Wilson good enough to make both of those guys kind of relevant? I don't no. know. I don't He's know not. if he is, right? And like, that's, so I'm trying to, that's I'm right trying to target the one that's going to be the guy. And I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I love, I've got so much Elijah Moore shares. Um, 
I don't have as many Garrett Wilson shares, but then again, I haven't done all my rookie drafts yet. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have any. So I, I, I don't know if it's the bias that wants Elijah Moore. I just don't, I don't know. And I don't know yep. if, if Wilson is good enough to make both of them, you know, like, like Big Ben was good enough in his prime to make Juju and AB good. You see Joe Burrow good enough to support shit. Three, three receivers are usable in weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Stafford could support a Rob and Cooper Cup. I don't know if Zach Wilson can do that with Garrett and Elijah. And what I'm interested in is Garrett, uh, Garrett can play all over, but he lined up a lot in the slot and that's where mm-hmm. Elijah Moore thrives. And then you still have Braxton Berrios there and they gave him another deal and they seem like they're buddy, buddy. I, yeah. I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I really don't. I, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. It's intriguing to say the least. So uh, I think all eyes will be on that through the training camp to really try to decipher and figure out who the primary target getter is going to be. Um, I I do not know, man. I have yeah. no clue. No clue. And that's and that's important, Ray. I'm glad you said that because I want the people to understand. Like this is part of the reason why Garrett Wilson isn't as high in our ranks because while we project him to be a good, be a good wide receiver, the situation is clouded. We don't know what Zach Wilson's going to be overall. Now, Ray, to give you a little bit of context and the people some context. Zach Wilson, or the combination of Jets quarterbacks, threw 581 targets, two receivers last year. The leading target getter was Elijah Moore, who only played in 11 games. He had 77, right? So you never want to see a target ceiling at 77, but he only played in 11 games. Jameson Crowder, 71. Barrios, 65. Corey Davis, 59. Michael Carter, though, 55. Ty Johnson, also 55. So to your point, the involvement of Brees Hall in the passing game, seeing, you know, about 50 targets. And then on top of that, Garrett Wilson coming in, we may only see 90 to 100 targets for both these guys, which would be good, but it may not be what we're hoping for to kind of get that alpha status. We know that Zach Wilson's probably going to spread the ball around a lot, and I kind of expect that for a young quarterback. And with those tight ends coming into the fold, I think they will be involved just enough to make those guys' ceilings come down a little bit. So I'm with you on kind of the uncertainty, and it's why we have them a little bit further down our ranks than we had initially. CJ said, I think it will vary on a week-to-week basis, talking about Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. Also fully depends on how well the Mormon Manziel plays. So... Uh, that's, I haven't heard that one for Zach Wilson. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, but what I can say is I appreciate the Jets giving him as many weapons as possible to see if he's the guy and they're doing it right. And if Zach Wilson isn't the guy and they have to go in a different direction, that's a hell of a wide receiver room to walk into uh, for, for another quarterback. Yep. Right. So, uh, I do think it's going to be a lot of Brees Hall though. I mean, Brees Hall is going to get so much work, you know, running the ball uh, out of the backfield. It's good for him. Now, two receivers, I'm still, I, I don't like the situations. Um, uh, Jahan Dotson in Washington, and then Olave to New Orleans. Um, and New Orleans traded up to get Olave at 11. Yep. Jahan Dotson went five picks later to the Commanders. <sighs> I don't know, man. Where you want to start? Where you want to start? Let's let's start with Dotson in Washington. Okay. This was a spot that we had talked about so many times on the show that we did not want to see Garrett Wilson or Drake London go to. And thankfully, it didn't happen. They went earlier, and we didn't have to have this conversation. I don't know, man. Wentz, that offense, and I know situations change, so I don't want to take a short-sighted approach. I don't want to ignore the fact that they spent the first-round pick on Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, he was a third-round pick. Uh, Chris Olave can't ignore the fact that he was the 11th overall pick in the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, Michael Thomas is back. He's the one. You still have Alvin Kamara there. It's it's a kind of a retooling offense. You don't know what you're going to yeah. get out of, of Jameis Winston. I, I think Chris Olave fell into a spot that we talked about. Like, I, I always envision him as an awesome wide receiver, two for an NFL team, and that's what he's poised to be, is a really good wide receiver, two for an NFL team. But I'm just have, I'm, I'm having difficulty looking into the future and seeing this guy can be a one. Somebody asked a question earlier, can any of these guys, I think he said can London or, or Wilson, can we envision them being wide receiver ones at any point in their career? I, I think the answer to that is no. 
Like I think he meant really? wide, the wide receiver one, like the well, wide receiver one. The, well, I that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the wide receiver I, one. The no. way I took it no. was like, can you can they be the wide receiver one? And, I, and the answer to that for me is no. But no. can Chase London Jefferson forever? Basically. Yeah, it's it's Chase Jefferson, honestly, until they're done, in my opinion, um, unless we get something else. But I think London can be a top twelve wide receiver. I believe yeah. Wilson can be a top twelve wide receiver. I don't think that's in the range of outcomes for Jahan Dotson or Chris Olave. I, I just don't know, man. For me, they're below my cutoff threshold for where I'm willing to trade out. And I honestly prefer one of the second-round wide receivers. If I had to pick, I'd prefer one of the second-round wide receivers over both Olave and Jahan Dotson. But what are your thoughts on those two? So uh, Mike and I, 40 Chess Mike, actually talked about this a lot. We talked about both these guys. We had a pretty heated debate about it. And his whole point with Jahan Dodson was that he very well could be a Terry McLaurin replacement. Now, I don't project that personally, but I think that the way that he plays and the style that he wins, he really could be. We know that Terry McLaurin's on an expiring contract. They're in the middle of negotiations. Maybe Washington doesn't want to pay him. And if they don't want to pay him, they do have Jahan Dodson who could fill that role maybe hopefully I don't really believe he can personally but I think if Washington believes he can then maybe he can and more importantly remember they did have the 11th pick and they traded down and they still took Dodson so I'm assuming Dodson was just their guy right this is the guy that they wanted this is who they loved this is the dude they pegged with Olave though I think that the thing the case that I will make for Olave is that the Saints do not draft wide receivers but when they do they have been very, very good. The last two wide receivers they've drafted in the top two rounds that I'm, I'm aware of, and I may be missing a few guys, but the main two guys are Michael Thomas, who they drafted in the second round like six years ago. And do you know who their last first-round wide receiver was? Joe Horn? <laughs> Joe Horn. It was Brandon Cooks. It was oh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was the last wide receiver they drafted in the first round. So for me, it comes down to the organizational philosophy and the conviction of the players they draft. I'm with you on he may not have the highest ceiling, but I think that for every year they've been pegged to draft a wide receiver. They've never done it. But this is the year to decide, okay, we're going up to get Chris Olave. That's what make, gives me some confidence in the fact that they are going to utilize him Maybe not as heavily as we'd like, but for them, he will have a large target share. He will be the wide receiver too. He may even see upwards of 100 targets. When Michael Thomas came in, he saw over 100 targets. And if you remember, he broke the rookie record for receptions in a season that year. I don't necessarily project that for Chris Olave because Jalen Waddle just broke that record. But it's not out of the question that he could see 90 receptions in his first season because the Saints, like you said, are trying to win. I think they consolidate those targets up and do... And do make make it a lot easier for Olave to succeed. It'll just depend, like you said, on the quarterback play. But Dodson, I think I'm just not sold. And I think that's why he's lower in my rankings. As much as I like him to be in a situation, you look at where he was drafted, and I just can't help but see an outlier relative to the talent around him. When you're sandwiched between Jamison Williams and Traylon Burks in a draft, I just can't quite get there personally. And I would much rather have Jamison Williams over him. And so the draft capital is kind of a moot point because I don't really believe the draft capital based on what I've seen on the film. And I'm sure you tend to agree with that. Well, I have Olave comfortably inside the top 10. So I'm not out on him at all. I guess I'm just trying to see that ceiling. And you make a really good point. You make some really good points, man. Um, yeah. And Jameis Winston is going to throw the ball all over the field. So maybe he is going to have that opportunity, right? I, I don't think I don't think he's as good as some of the other guys, but it's hard yeah. to ignore what they did in order to acquire him. And he is a good receiver. Like he's not he's not a bad receiver. So okay, you you kind of talked me into feeling a little more comfortable about Olave and Jahan Dotson. Um, I think you're right. I think he is the Terry McLaurin replacement. So let's not Possibly. overthink it. But can he be? Can he actually replace him? And that's a different conversation, right? Right. right. They can, can he believe, actually, right? They can right. believe that, but I don't. I don't believe the talent right. is quite there for Dotson yet. But I yeah. could be proven wrong, which is fully possible. I, I, and I went and looked. Calvin Ridley will be twenty eight this season. He turns twenty eight in December. So Ooh. when he comes back, if when he'll reinstated, he'll be he'll, he'll finish next season at twenty nine. Um, Joe says Dotson is the Brown replacement, Daomi Brown. I don't even know Possible. if he can be, re I don't even know if Daomi Brown could be replaced because he did nothing. So, uh, yeah, let's talk. We didn't talk about JMO and I wanted to save JMO for a little segment of his own. Love the fit in Detroit. Don't you? 
Don't you love J-Lo yes. in Detroit? Like, I love it. I do. Yeah, I think it's a great fit. It's just that the issue is, is when is he going to get on the field? And I think it will be earlier than people expect. Mm. But next, we've talked about this with J-Mo. If he does anything this year, he is going to skyrocket in drafts because he has so many built-in excuses for why he didn't produce. He was injured, coming off an ACL tear. Oh, wide receivers don't play well until year two off ACL tears. So I think it's just going to take a couple plays to really boost his value. And that's why if you actually take him in some of these drafts, 104, 105, for a guy who should have been close to the wide receiver one, I think you're getting a value and I think you're going to get a good return on your investment because it's not going to take a lot for his value to shoot up. And he's he's one of the few guys that I think a wide receiver one ceiling is plausible because of the talent, because of the speed, because of the dynamism, because of the way that he plays. And so for me, I'm I'm in. I don't have any I don't have any JMO yet, but I'm gonna have some before the season starts for sure. What do you think? How does this affect Amon Ross St. Brown? I see some people saying, not in the chat, but some people on Twitter, Amon Ross dead. Amon Ross dead, he's over. What do you think this means? Because I don't believe that at all. I think what this think- means is DJ Chark, after his one year deal, he better ball out so he can go to get a deal somewhere else. Um Jameson Williams will be the X. Amon Ross St. Brown will play the slot. You got TJ Hawkinson at tight end, and they complement each other very well. The things that J-Mo can do, Amon Ra cannot, and Amon Ra is a little better underneath, short, intermediate. I think they're a good complement to one another. And to your point, the best thing that can happen for J-Mo shares going crazy is him not playing early in the season and playing just enough and flashing just enough to get people excited, to get the blood rushing, to think about what it could be next year, a full year recovered from his ACL tear. Um, he's going to be, I think he's going to be uh, the one in that offense. Uh, just keeping it real. I love Amon Ra. I think, and here's what Amon Ra needs to do. This is all Amon Ra needs to do. Let's just say JMO's on the pup list and he's out for the first six games. If Amon Ra comes out on fire doing, kind of picking up where he left off, He's solidified in the offense, right? When J-Mo comes back, like, it's like we have Amon-Ra and we have J-Mo. The Lions are, pro- the Lions are probably going to suck this year. So they'll be in the, the, the top quarterback sweepstakes in 2023. I think they're both fine. I'm not concerned about Amon-Ra St. Brown, but I do think Jamison Williams should be the one in that offense. Yeah, 100%. And so I want to ask you a question real quick. So um, Amaro St. Brown had 120 targets last year. Do you think he gets more or less this season? I think it would be around the same. I think he's going to be right around the same. I think, And yeah. I know a lot of that. A lot of people are like it was a byproduct of uh, you know people Hawkins being hurt. But he really wasn't getting targeted early either. So if you say you know he's playing as the guy from the entire season, I think he stays around the same. I think that 115 to 125 target range is where Amaro should peg in. And he's going to be a solid, you know, back, you know, mid to late wide receiver two for your fantasy team. Like, I don't think he's going to be a one, but I think he could be a, yeah. a solid contributor as a wide receiver two on your fantasy team. So Christian Watson went to Green Bay. Wondell Robinson drafted way higher than we thought. He was the 11th pick in the second round. John Mechie, your boy, drafted way higher than I thought, uh, the 12th pick of the second round. And then Tyquan Thornton. No one saw that coming. The second pick, the 18th pick of the second round, followed by George Pickens, Alec Pierce, and then Sky Moore. So for me, uh, Sky Moore is eighth overall in my Superflex rankings. I would take Sky Moore over Jahan Dotson and Chris Olave if I were on the clock. He was my wide receiver six in my film score, and then with the draft capital, it bumped him up to WR5 in the mo- WR5 in the model. Uh, I love the opportunity. I love the landing spot. I love the draft capital. And more importantly, I love the player before the draft. I did not make this adjustment because he was drafted by Kansas City. Sky Moore was already a highly ranked prospect for me when I did the film. And the fact that he got the draft capital and he hit that landing spot on a team devoid of Tyreek Hill, it just made it even more attractive for me. So where are you at with Watson and Green Bay, with 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 Pickens and Pittsburgh, with Alec Pierce and Indy, Sky Moore in Kansas City? So I think we start with Sky Moore, right? I he I I'm kind of with you. Probably around wide receiver five, wide receiver six for me overall. Christian Watson, man, I just, I don't like it. I would take Pickens over him personally. I love the situation. Um, I've talked about how I think he could be Chase Claypool's replacement, which is hilarious because Chase Claypool was the one who introduced that pick in Vegas. And then, you know, they brought in Calvin Austin. So there will be some guys moving out of Pittsburgh that aren't going to be paid. And I don't believe it will be Deontay Johnson, but we'll see, right? Sky Moore, like you said, 
clear, clear smash spot, can play outside, great fit, um, fastest 10-yard split at the combine tied with Christian Watson. So we know we can get off the line quickly, get open for Patrick Mahomes, and that's important. John Mechie, I know people don't want to draft him, and that's understandable, but the fact is he's going to have targets this year. The situation is primed and loaded for him to have a good year. 90 targets or so may be usable in fantasy as a flex option, so I wouldn't discourage you from drafting him You know, mid to late second round. Not a lot of people are on him. I'm fine with it. But, Ray, Christian Watson is the guy that I just can't look at him and not see Marquez Valdez-Scantling's replacement. Like, I get that people want him to be more than that, but when I look at him and I see the way he plays, I'm like, that's probably the guy that he will replace in the offense because when it comes down to it, like I think Alan Lazard's still going to be Rodgers' guy over the middle, short intermediate plays, and then you have Christian Watts on the outside just burning down the field, and every now and then Rodgers, of course, will hit him, but that's going to take time, right? It's going to take chemistry. It's going to take getting an understanding of each other's routes and all these various things. I'm just not buying into it right now. I like I've talked about how I probably will have zero Christian Watson. Where are you at with Christian Watson? Because I think both of us are kind of out on him already. But give the people kind of your reasons why you're not so in on Christian Watson right now. I mean, he got the draft capital, so he's gonna here. And let me let me just address something because I don't think any of us have. Uh, I see some people in the chat talking about uh, why are we going all crazy over these wide receivers only. The only is some people are, you know, most of them are going to be bust. We know that. But what the fuck do you want us to do? Not talk about anybody? Like, I get it. Like, and, and my thing is, it's not about, I think so many people, I only care about the hit rate if I have the player on my roster for the entire season, right? Like, I, I this is not just draft player, hold player. We went through the exercise where I talked about how many players are on my team in my longest dynasty league that I actually drafted, and it's one, and it's a quarterback. The hit rate only matters if you hold the player for the entire season. What, I, what I'm advocating is, and if you're savvy, then you take advantage of hype, right? If I draft John Mechie and he goes out there in the preseason and he balls out, I'm flipping him. I, I, if I can cash out John Mechie for a 2024 first rounder yep. or a 2023 first rounder, I don't, I don't care about what well, I think. And I know you're not talking about me, mister, but I think this is an important conversation to have. I don't care about the hit rate unless I plan on keeping the player on my roster the entire season, right? So like a Christian Watson, if I did draft him, for me, what I would do is the moment he does something, if 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 I don't if I truly don't believe in the talent, which I think he's fine, man. I just I'm not Christian Watson to the moon. He's an FCS wide receiver. He's still a rookie going into an offense where Aaron Rodgers loves to blame the wide receiver for not doing being yep. very supposed. Like there's still a learning curve there. So for me, when I'm looking at a lot of these receivers, Olave, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, hell, even Sky Moore to a degree, right? Outside of my tier one guys, Wilson, London, J-Mo, and Traylon. Those are the four as tier one prospects that I would probably roster the entire season. If I get Drake London, I'm probably going to keep Drake London. If I get Garrett Wilson, I'm probably going to keep Garrett Wilson unless I get a big ask, a big, a big, a big request. But everybody else, the moment they do something, and I'm just kind of like, I really don't like Alec Pierce, but my league mates do, I'm trading them for future draft capital or for Allen Robinson or for Michael Todd. Like, I'm getting out. So the hit rate and the bust factor means nothing to me in that regard because I'm going to move them. Like, I just, that, Jay, you're in most, that's how I dynasty, man. Like, yep. you've seen it. Like, I'm not just saying this to say it. Happy. 90% of the players that I picked in rookie drafts, I promise you they won't be on my team in a couple of months, especially in this class. So I, I don't, I'm not really concerned with the final outcome because they won't be there and I'll let somebody else deal with it. I will reset. I will cash out. I will, I will, I will close position on my, on my, on my call. And then I will just, and then I'll just retry next year. You know what I'm saying? Then, like, you'll, then you'll drop a put on them later on. Yeah. Then <laughs> I'll put a put, put on them. Like I just, uh, I don't care about the hit rate for some of these guys because they're not going to be on my team the entire season. I will flip them. I, I promise yep. you. David Bell, I see people in the chat talking about David Bell and how excited they are for David Bell. The, the, the moment he does anything of consequence, I will trade him. Like, I, I will just, I will pivot another direction. The, the guys that I want on my roster are the tier one prospects. That's it. Yep. Those Those are the ones I want to retain and hold because I think 
if if there are going to be three that hit, I think it's going to be, you know, I think London's going to be one of those three. I think J-Mo could be one of those three. I think Traylon could be one of those three. I'm not about to push my chips in on John Mechie or Wondell Robinson or even Christian hey. Watson for that degree. What's up? Watch what you say about John Mechie, man. It's just... Oh, my bad, my bad, look. my bad, but my bad. Let's, let's, let's do some rapid fire, Ray. Yes, um, yes, Wanda Robinson, basically we're, we don't, are we drafting him? I, I, I mean, sure, sure, and I'll okay. flip him, sure, and I'll okay. flip him as soon as he does anything of consequence. Would you draft Tyquan Thornton in the second round? No. Just say no. Just no. say no. Worst draft pick no. of, of all time. George Pickens, we're in. We draft him top like of the second P- I probably. I like GP. I like GP. Back of the first, Alec top Pier- of the second. Alec Pearson, Indy. How do you feel about him? I don't I, love it personally. They have a type. They like big. They like big. J- Jelani Woods, Mo Ali Cox, Michael Pittman. They like big wide receivers, and I trade the shit out of Alex Pierce once he does anything. Okay, Velas Jones in Chicago. No, getting, getting Justin Fields no. another weapon. No, David no. Bell in Cleveland. I don't think he beats out DBJ personally. I don't. I don't know how that's gonna work. Even if he does, right? I'll trade him. I'll trade him. I don't care. I don't care. Danny Gray in San Fran. Don't love it. Right. You got Romeo Dubs in Green Bay. How do you feel about that one? Not great. Calvin he was Austin, getting, getting jammed up at the Senior Bowl. No, thank you. No, Calvin Austin. No, no. And then let's talk about Jalen Tolbert briefly to your Dallas Cowboys. How do you feel about him replacing Michael Gallup for the first little bit of the season? Good NFL fit. Really not interested for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then you have Khalil Shakur in Buffalo. I don't. I don't hate it. Don't love it personally. Yeah, I like it. Fifth. He's a dart throw in the. At this class, late second, third round, dart throw on a good offense that maybe could carve out a role in the slot. I don't good good for Gabe Davis. Everybody talked yep. all that shit about Gabe Davis. Good for Gabe Davis, man. Gabe Davis is is alive and well in Buffalo. So if you held held that uh held that position, you're doing well right there. You have any interest in Kyle Phillips in Tennessee? Absolutely knowing that not. that's a pretty no. open situation. No. No. How do you feel about Bo Melton in Seattle? Another pretty open wide receiver room. Seventh overall. round pick, man. No. And then I want to pick your brain if you've watched much of Samori Toure, no. who could be the slot wide receiver in Green Bay by the end of the season. You don't think so? Out of Nebraska? My thing, is, my thing is, it, it, this would be the guy that would hit, right? Like this, the last wide receiver drafted, we don't nope. even know who he is. This redshirt senior. It, he's good. It, he, he's good. You know, he's going to be the one that uh, now I'm semi just off of just the fact that he's in great. Like Pick him up off waivers. He's, 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 he's a very shifty spot receiver out of Nebraska. Yeah. He produced at a high level this year. Again, like you said, redshirt senior, not great. But if you want to get a guy off waivers, he could be a guy who would be a great pickup that no one's really talking about. And I do think his game could translate well because, again, it's, we don't want the big-bodied guy for Rodgers. We want the quick, fast, get-open-early guys for Rodgers because that's the guy he's going to throw to overall. That's it for drafted guys, right? Justin Ross, undrafted. Reggie Roberson, undrafted. Kevin Austin, yeah. undrafted. So I don't know if you have any wholesale thoughts you want to get out before we get out of here, but that's most of the wide receivers. We didn't touch on all of them, but one of the one, most of them of consequence, and obviously we touched on the main guys for rookie drafts, fantasy outlook, et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of these receivers are going to be really good NFL fits, man. I think they're going to they're make their teams a lot better. I think what we're trying to figure out is which ones have the potential to really be difference makers in fantasy. And um, that's, that's you know, it, it, his history says that, it, you know, what do we have, six in the first round? All six aren't going to fire to that degree, right? But yep. I think you can have some some players who end up being like Brandon Ayuk and Jerry Judy where they're like good enough to roster, good enough to have hope, mm-hmm. but really not. Like Judy isn't a difference maker yet. Brandon Ayuk yeah, is yeah. not a difference maker yet, you know? Like they haven't busted, but they haven't they haven't, you know, become superstar. I think we've been spoiled. When you go from Justin Jefferson one year to Jamar Chase the next, and even even in 2021, you look down the line like it's not just Chase that Chase went nuclear, but you still had Elijah Moore. You still have Devontae Smith. There's Jalen Waddle. There's Rashad Bateman who's got a shot this year. So I think yep practicing some patience with some of these guys. They may not all come out the gates just red hot, but I think there's a good chance for quite a few of these wide receivers to be impactful. How many of them are going to be complete game changers for your roster? Uh, The hit rate says not many, right? Two, three of them probably, if at best, if we get that. 
Um, everybody can't go to the moon. Some people can only go down the street to Fort Worth. You know what I mean? Like everybody's not going to make it to the moon, man. Uh, so I, I'm for me, my top three wide receivers in the class right now, as it stands, are Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burks. And then the other player inside that tier, that tier one is Jamison Williams. Those would be the four wide receivers I would be willing to bet on really firing at the next level. And by that, I mean top 15 type upside. And then, you know, uh, everybody else after that, my cutoff point for where I'm just kind of like out of the class and I wouldn't mind trading is my 108, which is currently Sky Moore um, in Kansas City. And again, I just want to reiterate that's not just a byproduct of the landing spot. I really like Sky Moore going into the process. So it just kind of confirmed what I already kind of believed about Moore. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And so I'm not sure if you want to kind of say one more thing, but we do have the super chats that we need to get to yes. before we head out of here. Yes. Um, so we can get to those okay. and see we, what people are asking us overall. Here we go. Super chat from Rico Stone. What players are you want to reach for at the top of the second round of rookie drafts? Um, mainly all the running backs. Uh, yeah, Damian I think Pierce. Like, uh, yeah, Isaiah Damian Spiller. Pierce, TDP for me TD, is up there as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't, wouldn't go at the top of the second for TDP, but I think Damian Pierce. High, uh, Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller, those are players that I'm comfortable reaching for at the top of the top of the second round in rookie drafts. It'd be running back dart throws. I I'd go Pierce, Spiller, uh, Zamir White, Rashad White in some order every time. One hundred two hundred one through two hundred four. Those would be my dart throws. It would not be any of the aforementioned wide receivers like Alec Pierce or or uh, the other Wondell. kid, Wandell or or no. Mechie. Yeah, be the running backs for sure. All right, here we go. AJ, I have 103, 104 this year, and my team needs a running back wide receiver. I have fourth, first, and 23. Is it a bad idea to trade back so that I have six through 12 first next year? Not bad. I mean, at 103, no. though, you are you could get London or, or Walker. I would not mind. I, I I think the top, I think people are, people need to slow down a little bit. I, I still want picks one through seven. Like, I want those yeah. picks. I want a shot at J-Mo. I want a shot at London. I think... Those are just as good a bets as is a random ass 23 first that's not Bijan Robinson, right? That's not CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. So I think we need to be a little careful about like backing out of these picks. 103 and 104, I want those picks. Like I do. You know, you get, we get to the 107, 108 range. That's where I'm comfortable getting out. But 103, 104, if you're telling me I can walk away with London Wilson, Walker J Mo, Walker London, uh, I would like those lock Walker Wilson. I want those picks, man. I'd rather those picks than a random, especially if those first are back in at 23. Give me some of the receivers out of this class over over those back in first next year, man. Straight up. And Max Gray Super Chat says Damian Pierce, RB3. Maybe. Maybe. I don't hate it. I mean, I'm not going to argue gonna it. No. Not going to say no. I wouldn't do it, but I would not say no. But uh, Patrick said Spiller, Rashad White, Pierce for me. Algier was a good one, not, as well as Algier. I do too, but I'm just trading back until 107 for more goodies. I got you. I got you. I think I think I'm following uh following what Joe is laying down. Uh so yeah, I think that's uh that's it for the wide receivers. Um Justin Ross, I just want to say uh, we do hope he does well, but for fantasy, I'm seeing people draft him in the third round. It's scary, man. It's I just I want him to, I want him to play. I want him to do all right, but I'm just not betting on him to be anything fantasy relevant, right? As for as yep, for, for Justin 100%. Ross. So, all right. So tomorrow is the last day of the show. I've got a I've got a wedding, not a wedding, a graduation that I have to go through on Thursday. So there'll be no wake up show on Thursday, but we got a damn good show for you tomorrow. We are going to take a look at no, we're not tight ends. Uh, Trey McBride. Hell no. That's it. Greg Dolchitz in a decent spot. Um, there we go. That's there we go. <laughs> We don't need to talk Jelani about any Woods, of this. The next, uh, Jelani, the, Mo Alley Cox. Yeah. Cox part two, yeah. Mo Alley Cox part two. So tomorrow we are going through 2023. We'll give you an early look, 2023 watch list, players who could potentially be in next year's draft class, the over under six and a half quarterbacks in round one. Good mm -hmm. Lord, man. Good Lord. That's Over, nice. under six and a half quarterbacks. So we'll be doing a 2023 watch list tomorrow to get you kind of excited and prepped up uh, for those uh, for those rookie picks next year. So please, if you're in the chat, got over 300 in the building, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, engage with the people, comment, make sure you tap in. We love y'all. We'll be back tomorrow. We out. Peace.